Hey guys, just uh, quickly letting you know that what is going on in this episode sound-wise, don't worry, Kevin is not getting broken into or anything like that, you may think so, but actually he had his nephews over and they were uh, making a lot of noise in the background. Uh, So yeah, that's why this episode sounds the way it does. I hope you enjoy it and thank you for our great guest, uh, Nate LaMagna, for being on the show. Uh, we love you, Nate, at V-R-U-N-T on Twitter. Here you go. Greetings, members of the Planetary Union. I am Communications Officer Asimov, and I have been tasked with introducing this podcast to you. The recording you are about to hear is brought to you by Captain Greggy Hochstetler and First Mates Miranda Fisher, Tim Treese and alien expert Dr. Kevin O'Brien. Follow at Official Orville on Twitter to see all information dispatches from the crew, and go to officialorville.space to leave a comment on an episode, or find links to subscribe to the show or rate and review us on iTunes. The mission is to explore the space. This is the official The Orville Podcast. Goddamn! Goddamn! Maybe! And shivers up your spine Oh, I know how you like it And I know that you like to ride it Hiya there, all you aliens in the Planetary Union uh, Welcome to the official The Orville Podcast As always, I'm your host, Captain Greggy Hogsteller And we've got a full regiment of officers tonight uh, Coming to us, as always, the rock that this that, that is the foundation of this podcast uh, security officer and first mate Miranda Fisher is here. Welcome to the show, Miranda. Thank you, Alex Arbor Day, everyone. Uh, yeah, and secondly, we've got. <laughs> I, did we decided he's a science officer, but he's definitely the number guy. Numbers guy. No, Kevin is a science officer. Tim is just the numbers guy. Uh, first mate Tim Trees. Welcome to the show. Hey, Alex Arborday all around. I, I can be both. We can have two science officers. I like, don't know what if, if one of us dies. Is math, like, is numbers involved in medicine or anything? Because you could be our Dr. Finn. Mm. No, nah, I guess no, not. No, thank you. Okay. It doesn't seem to stick <laughs> when we put it out there. All right. It's a nice try, though. Uh, and as always, we've got science officer and alien expert, Dr. Kevin O'Brien. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Hi, sir, and uh, happy Alex Harbor Day to everybody in the union out there. And you got wood. Yeah. Got wood, yes, in- indeed. This week, we've got all four officers, but then we've also got a guest. This is crazy. This has never happened before, I don't think. For the first time, welcome to the show, uh, social media expert. And uh, I guess, yeah, he's a first mate, sure. Uh, Nate Lamagna, welcome to the show. He's at Vrunt on Twitter. Hey, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. <laughs> yeah, so I've heard that you are an Orville fan. Is that the case? Fan is a really strong <laughs> word to describe uh, my relationship with the Orville. I have watched all of it, and I don't know what that makes me besides maybe a masochist. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I like that. It's bad news because we all love it like a lot. Yeah, we're all. This is a fan podcast about how much we love the Orville. So, and so here's. Well, it's a fan podcast, but it's also official. 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, go so, ahead, Nate. As a guest on the official... So the Orville, to me, is this interesting specimen of something that I think could be great, despite all of the obstacles uh, to make it funny and enjoyable. And uh, I think I watch it specifically because I want to see it evolve, and I want to see if it ever achieves what Seth MacFarlane wants it to be. Oh, I see. So you're not a fan because, like, the suits are standing in the way... You know, maybe there's some friction involved, and that's why it isn't perfect to you. Yeah, I think I think there's like a disconnect between Seth MacFarlane's vision of his like perfect tribute to the genre and the actual product on the screen. Yeah, which is weird because he writes a lot of uh, the episodes, so I don't know how that disconnect happens. Maybe, and he always praises. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but he loves to talk about how. Uh, they're really good at stretching a dollar there. So <laughs> the effects team, the effects team, and and, I'm, and I don't know if that's part of the disconnect. If there's, they need more than a dollar to, to, to get it going. <laughs> see how far they can stretch two dollars. Oh my god! Imagine that. Man, because like the, I mean, the effects are not, um, they're not groundbreaking, and a lot of times I'm like. This doesn't. This looks like a kind of cartoonish. The the set, you know. Um, I don't know if that's what Seth's going for. It 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 really does seem like a plausible explanation for what we got in season one is that he sold the show as a pure comedy, and then like Fox didn't see it until it was done, and they're like, "Well, I guess we have to release this now." And now it's kind of taking off a little bit, and I, I feel like season two might be different. But at the same time, maybe they don't want to mess with it at all. Well, how do you I, think it's going to be different? Well, I mean, look, it's a perfect show already. It could not be improved. But it might be improved a little bit if it had a little bit less comedy. And if maybe it was a little bit less blunt with all of the episodes being really blunt about the message they're trying to get across. Hmm. I, I think Fox did Seth MacFarlane a huge disservice with this show in that it should be set in the Star Trek universe. Mm. Oh, Seth wow. is, a, is a funny guy. We can all agree, right? I mean, we wouldn't mm-hmm. be here if we didn't mm. think everything he wrote was hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. But he has to do... He has to be funny and build an entire universe. When this is a, supposed to be a love letter to Star Trek, right? So yeah. Just give him a Star Trek canon show, let him use all the races, and let him let him go wild with the existing Star Trek universe. Don't make him start from scratch. Come on. Yeah. And then we have to have episodes like this with the uh, Bordis. So we have to learn. Oh, wait, we're not. Sorry. I'm talking specifically. I watched an episode that nobody else watched. <laughs> I, I rewatched episode three and I did have a lot of notes on it. I don't know why I took notes on it again. It was just such a, such an interesting episode, but uh, this episode we had to have, you know, we got to figure out the whole Mocklin race uh, situation and their views, which, I mean, if we had, uh, look, I'm not a Star Trek fan, okay? I'm an Orville fan. But maybe if we had a Star Trek universe, maybe I could dig it. I mean, then we wouldn't have to, you know, have this episode. <laughs> then, we, then we wouldn't get to have this episode? Yeah, then we wouldn't get to have this episode because this episode had legit moral dilemmas. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess really. that's one way. Yeah, one way of thinking about it. 
And if it's in Star Trek universe, you can still have Mocklins. You can still have Solarians, um, whatever Isaac is. You can have one of those. Yeah, if it's got to be in Star Trek now. <laughs> Maybe oh, yeah. we find we out more. Yeah, not just in the Orville, but in in all media. Mm. I would love to see Yaf at like yes. host SNL yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's too raunchy. <laughs> He's never coming back. He'd Adrian Brody it for sure. <laughs> He'd show his uh, I don't know jelly penis. <laughs> if I finish my spec script and if Seth likes it, it's going to be you know a Yafit uh, oriented episode. I think it's going to blow up, and he's going to be booked on SNL. He's going to do the late night circuit, maybe get his own spinoff. He's going to be the new Groot, or wait, I don't even know who the one-to-one would this be. The new Ted. He's going to be Ted, right? So that makes sense. Yeah, that checks out. (laughs) Now, speaking of spec scripts, uh, rather than watching an episode this week, what we did was each of us wrote like a a short spec script, maybe not an entire script, maybe just a scene. Uh, I believe uh, Nate actually wrote the most of us, but... uh, but we, we each have a little something to share. Um, did you want to go first, Nate, or did you want one of us to? I can go first. Mine is unfinished. Uh, I got, I think, six pages in before I was just mentally exhausted. I don't know how Seth does an entire script, you know, for for each episode. Absolutely, um, yeah. I think he's juicing, mm-hmm. actually, and I'm worried about him. <laughs> <laughs> but I laid some groundwork uh, for a spec script. Uh, I'd be happy to share with you guys. Great. Yeah, great. Please. Um, so I'll give you a little backstory. It's called Just Desserts. Um, it's a it's a Yafit centric episode, like I said. Um, it's got a cold open in the Orville Canteen. You know, we've seen them goofing around with Bordas there because he can eat anything. Uh, a lot of fun. Don't make me uh, laugh. <laughs> but uh, but we've got Gordon and John. You know, everybody's favorite cut ups on board the deck of the Orville, um, and they found a 21st century Mister Freezy machine. Mm. And they're taking turns slurping directly from the nozzle. You know, they're, they're kids at heart. They love to goof around. So this is the cold open. Uh, Gordon and John are taking turns. They're trying to say, oh, do you want red flavor, blue flavor? Surprise me that you need Manny Mo. Um, there's a little bit of a sight gag where Gordon's underneath the nozzle. He's chugging. John's holding the nozzle for him. And then he sees off camera. Somebody grabs his attention. He turns. The camera turns with them. And John's talking to Yafit. Yafit comes by and John's like, Yafit, hey, you got to get on in on this. And Yafit's like, mm, nah, I don't think so. And he's like, oh, come on. We couldn't wait to get to the circus moon. This is like a fireworks factory thing. You know, they never actually get to the circus moon. Hmm. Um, so they built their own retro freezy machine. It's hooked up to the replicator. You can get as much freezy as you want. And Yafit's like, pass. Pass? And Yafit's like, yeah, pass. And he's just like, I'm not feeling so good. I'll catch you guys later. And he just kind of slushes off as he does. Hand back. Gordon's still under the nozzle. He's like, he's been under that the entire conversation. It's nuts. And uh, he pulls away out of breath with terrible brain freeze. Uh, and that's that's the kind of cold open scene. And um, Oh, that's, that is a cold as, open. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's about as far as I got. Um, the, the plot B is uh, Ed and Kelly are worried because there's an HR representative coming from Union Command. And they're like, you know, we hear there's some been some complaints about the way some of your officers behave. We're going to send somebody to 
check it out. It's going to be this total hard ass. Uh, and uh, you're going to have to, like, you know, run a tight ship and try to keep you off it, you know, under control. Mm. And uh, that's about as far as I got. But my my idea was uh, that Yafit's upset. It's his X hundredth birthday or something. I don't know how long these creatures live. I leave that to Seth um, to figure out. As is tradition on his home planet, is you have to have like a roast, like a Friars Club roast. Oh wow! Yes. Yeah. So John and Gordon catch wind of this. They like set up this big roast, and everybody's gonna like do the meanest shit and like say the worst stuff they can to Yafit. He's gonna love it. Um and as you can guess, in Act Three, things come to a head when the HR officer walks in on the roast. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. um, so I don't have anything finished yet. I'd love to talk to Seth and see if I can get some like creative input from him. But uh, it's mm. my dream episode. It's like you know, it's Norm heavy, Yafit heavy, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it'll really like punch off season two with a bang. And it just gives the uh, like. I don't know if you're going to have like maybe Seth come in and help you out with it. I, I'm probably right. So he can get in and throw in some zingers of his own because that Friars roast leaves a lot of just, you know, we're, we're, I'm chomping at the bit here thinking of all, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's the master. He's hosted, uh, which roast did he host? <sighs> Gosh. I, I feel there have been, there have been so many who can <laughs> keep track. Yeah. I'm thinking there's definitely going to be like a musical number where he can do some of his crooner stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still <laughs> waiting for that. I can't wait. He's going to sing sometime. And they I really tease my... us with that, with that karaoke. Oh, episode. I know. Like, yeah. How can you have karaoke oh. and not put Seth on stage? I'm salivating the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> they even had Bordas sing. And I was like, Come wait, wait, on, wait, Kevin. Yeah. He almost sang. He didn't quite sing. Oh, got yeah, right. <laughs> You're right. Well, that was just a tease within a tease then. If Seth offered to help me with my script, I would say one thing to him. I'd say, look, Seth, you know, uh, no limits, no chains. You're out of the cage, man. Go crazy on this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Every line should make you laugh is my note. Every single <laughs> line should make you laugh. If Seth offered to help me with my script, I'd say, yeah, let's meet up in person, man. Why don't you just like come over we'll get a bottle of wine hang out Mm -hmm. like just you and me really go over Mm -hmm. the script and like take as long of a time oh no seth i ran out of ink uh i need we need to go get paper together oh while we're getting paper look this this place has a gardening section why don't we just go grab some plants you know get some soil we'll go back i have a nice one i'm sitting on one acre not to brag and we can just you know dig it up plant these gardenias plant these tulips Make a weekend out of it. I don't know. Like, I'll show you how to dig by, like, you know, I'm going to come around you like a back hug. <laughs> or, like, mm-hmm. hold your hand over the little shovel thing. Mm-hmm. Man. We pull a fresh basil leaf off and then each start eating at one end of it and meet <laughs> in the middle. Man. Yeah. If, if I could. Nate, I mean, you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> get, get Seth over. Say, hey, need some help on this script. Tell you what, I'll cook you dinner first. I'm thinking like a nice like shrimp scampi, maybe uh-huh. like fancy bread, like some wine, of course. And, you know, I'm a little full from dinner. Why don't we like watch a little TV first? Oh, you know what? Watch the Orville. <laughs> and then <laughs> season one, episode one, all the way through the finale, every single oh. one in order with Seth. And I'll be like, 
Seth, I love this line. I love this plot. You got to give me the inside scoop. What was it like writing this? Like, how do you stay so funny? Your own DVD commentary right there. He may (laughs) never get to finishing the script. Would just he'd be just a dream. Fun to hang out with. Yeah, it's a dream. And Nate, I think you really went in the right direction with your script, where it's like the roast of Yafit. Because I think if if you make it the roast of you know Captain Orville, nobody's gonna have any jokes. Nobody's gonna have anything mean to say. Yeah, about how him. could you say anything bad about him? Mm-hmm. That's one thing I've loved about every episode of the Orville is nobody ever really criticizes him that much, even mm-hmm. when mm, it no. seems like he could be criticized. Mm-hmm. You know, they like believe in their captain and very rarely disagree, and he's always right, which is like the best character you know mm-hmm. zero because that's seth they wouldn't be seth if he was being criticized all the time mm-hmm. too many characters have flaws and it just makes for a show that really annoys me write what you know and seth has never been told that <laughs> no this is a bad idea so he's not gonna write that and i'm the only one that watched uh rewatched episode three i should say and there was one decision in there that I thought was questionable. It was when, um, what's the name? Bordas needed a, uh, a lawyer for his defense in tribunal. And Seth said, he said, Seth, or he said, Orville, I need you to do this. And he said, oh, no, I can't do it. But Kelly will. And I thought, look, every, every good leader delegates, right? Every good leader delegates. But his one mistake was he kind of, I guess maybe he believed too much in Kelly. Because she has, she is the universe's worst lawyer, and uh, well, you have to remember, not- you have to remember, she cheated on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to remember that part because it's relevant. Is she cheated on him, and now he's like, be a lawyer? How how are those two things exist in the same person? Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. That was like maybe the one flaw I saw, from, the one character flaw that he snuck in over over the the course of the season. She was too trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you, who, who wants to go next? I guess I could, I'm the, I'm the captain. I guess I can go with mine. All right, captain. <laughs> okay. So my script, um, is let's just say, okay, I always get to a certain point in this and then I have to stop for a while. Um, I think you'll find out as we read it, but, uh, so it's the Orville untitled project. Uh, let's see. So we open on that science room where Derulio was inspecting the vases, you know, um, the aliens, like they hate each other or whatever when he was inspecting things in the science room. Anyway, so that's the room. And against the wall, there's a very fancy looking machine that Isaac is fiddling with. Uh, Isaac says, Captain Orville, I've perfected my new matter shifting ray. This will eliminate the need for shuttles and save the planetary union an immense amount of time and resources. Also, I hate you and everyone who is made of meat because of the racism I have. And then. <laughs> Captain Orville says, wow, so you invented a transporter. Pretty cool, Isaac. Uh, Bordas, okay, in this scene, Bordas, he's like eating something weird. He's like eating like a, he's like eating like tampons or like a Blu-ray copy of Ted or something. And he says, I do not understand, sir. What is this transporter of which you speak? And uh, Scott Grimes says, you see, back in old Earth, there was this TV show called, ah, never mind. John Lamar, put down your soda. We're going down to Hornulon 5. All the aliens there are <laughs> all the aliens there are stuck having sex all the time, uh, and we have to go down and investigate. 
Uh, John Lamar says, I will never put my soda down except to rub my... <laughs> except you got a to... blooper reel going. <laughs> <laughs> except to rub my butt on a statue. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> it's what he loves to do. Uh, so Captain Orville says, Holy crap, Lois, it's time to go. <laughs> uh, the away team crew steps on the platform uh, to the transporter and Isaac presses a button. Uh, they all kind of go wavy and glitchy, like the fu- like kind of like a fucked up gl- gif or something. Uh, then they disappear. Isaac says, that is odd. These re- readings don't make any sense. Surely I, a superior being, could not have made a mistake in my wonderful machine. Uh, the f- the camera focuses on the machine and then passes through the wall to a dark room where evil Kelly is monkeying around with a panel <laughs> on the other side of the uh, machine. Uh, the camera zooms in and you can see that she has bitten through several wires like a gremlin in Gremlins 2. <laughs> uh, she giggles maniacally. Uh, down on the planet of Horny Line 5, uh, a bunch of aliens are having a big orgy in a town square lined with statues of important aliens of the past, uh, like the Predator, Gondis Selden, uh, and John F. Kennedy. In the center, the glitchy, wavy gif effect happens again, and Scott Grimes, Captain Orville, and John Lamar appear, except they've been changed by the transporter malfunction, okay? Now, Scott Grimes' feet have grown so much that they burst out of his space shoes, and everyone can see his toes. And, uh... <laughs> anytime... <laughs> Anytime he tries to walk, uh, he gets his feet all over everybody. And I do mean all over everybody. Uh, The Orville himself has grown to the size of a giant, and he could swallow anyone with one bite. Uh, John Lamar just looks like uh, more defined muscularly, and I guess like maybe a soda cup is grafted to his hand or something. Um, I don't know. The idea is he will rub his butt on the statues and the Orville will eat people sexually and uh, feed sex stuff with Scott Grimes because Horny Line 5 has horny energy that makes everyone fuck all the time. Okay. <laughs> and see. Oh, no, wow. no, 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 no. There's, there's one little bit more, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. Up on the ship, uh, Lieutenant Alara sees someone has entered the room by the science room, uh, so she goes to investigate. In the dark, Evil Kelly is able to get the drop on her and slit her throat. Uh, Lieutenant Alara is dead now. That's why she's not in season two. And it has nothing at all to do with her breaking up with Seth MacFarlane. And that's as far as I've gotten. Uh, that's really good. That's, I think that's great. That's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> well, are, you, you. are you taking any notes? Are you taking I, notes? Yeah, I would love notes, actually, because it is, like I said, uh, very rough currently. I have a like a really minor change. Um, what if at the beginning, it's Captain Orville himself who invents the teleporter, and it works perfectly. <laughs> oh, love it! Oh, That's really I cool. love it. That makes that so is, much more sense. That was yeah. It's and more it's, in universe, you know. Mm-hmm. And somebody else makes a mistake later that he has to fix. Something Kelly. unrelated to him. yes, Kelly does Kelly. something, and then he fixes it. Yeah. That's a great other note. than that, right? It's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's a perfect. I can picture it. I mean, you've got character development. Everybody. You know, you, you get to see all the different sides of them, their feet. I love the toes. I wish there was more toes episodes. <laughs> there are a lot. I think the, there are a lot. I think the kids are going to love it because it has so many callbacks. And that's what these like viral shows always have all these callbacks to previous jokes. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really 
popular. It's kind of like self-referential. It's going to be memed heavily, I think. My my only note that I have is that there was I don't think they there anybody on the crew kidnapped a kid at all, <laughs> which is a oh, yeah, which Jeff. is a, a theme in the show. Um, in episode three, uh, <laughs> I keep bringing up episode three, but uh, Seth says something along the lines of that that child was born on the ship, so it's mine or something like that. Wow. <laughs> he claims ownership of the child. Uh, it's space law, you know. Space. You can't really judge it by Earth law. I really wanted to involve, uh, you know, a child kidnapping because that is one of the major themes of the show. Um, I just thought with like the mature themes of this episode that I'm writing, it might be kind of in bad taste, but I think we can we can fit it in there somewhere. I think probably. Good. Cause... So one thing that I learned from your script, mm-hmm. I did not realize that. Halston Sage and Seth MacFarlane broke up. That's the rumor. That's the I don't rumor? think it's been confirmed, but uh, yeah, speculation mm. is that she's not going to be in season two because they broke up. Oh my god! I listen. A lot of the reason I watched was specifically to see what sort of weird stuff he wrote for his girlfriend <laughs> to <laughs> perform. <laughs> to so answer, I'm very lot. excited to see her getting written out as part of a breakup. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, my script actually touches on that too. I wonder if it's in everyone's script because it's kind of just like <laughs> I'm penciling into mine right mine. now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just in the margins, Mora Lara <laughs> broken up with. Um, mine doesn't have that, so let's let's save Tim's. Okay. I'll go next. Great, because Tim, I think Tim put a lot of work into it. <laughs> I, I think I misunderstood exactly how much work we were putting in. <laughs> Actually, Greggy's was probably about as long as mine. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay, so here's my... It doesn't have a title, but here's how it goes. Uh, fade in. Interior the Orville. The interior of the ship, not the guy. Uh, could be day or night. Really hard to tell in space. How do they decide what their schedule should be? Has anyone ever thought about this? Also, it seems like beings from other planets wouldn't naturally be on 24-hour cycles. So, like, mm. wh- that's, this is something they have not addressed, I feel like. Uh, everybody from the show is there. Just the main ones. Like, not Dan. He's not there. But mm. the main people, they're all there. Uh, Kelly the Bitch says, bitchily. Well, John Lamar, I don't care if you do have the highest test scores the Academy has ever seen. I've been through a divorce. <laughs> and then Captain Orville says, yeah, you were the one who really suffered there. John Lamar says, uh, woodenly, okay, okay, I get it. You've both been through a divorce. I'm just saying, I think we should try to steer around the meteor that's rap- rapidly hurtling towards us. Uh, we see the outside of the spaceship where it's space. A meteor is rap- rapidly hurtling towards the ship. The ship jerks to the left and avoids it. The crew sighs in relief. Gordon Malloy says, you guys have got to figure this out. I mean, we could have been obliterated by that meteor if it weren't for John Lamar's quick thinking. Also, I am drunk. Isn't that funny? I love to drink. John Lamar says, hell yeah, me too, buddy. Except for me, it's soda. Hey, yes. Gordon Malloy says, woohoo, beverage bros for life. They fist bump, then hug tenderly. We see true care for each other in their eyes. Captain Orville says, look, I get what you guys are saying. Well, not about the beverages, but the divorce thing. But I'm just saying, I'm not the one who fucked the blue guy. Kelly says, his name was Derulio, I'm pretty sure, although I don't feel like looking this up right now. <laughs> Captain Orville says, 
It doesn't matter to me what his name was. We can never get past you fucking the blue guy. Now, Alara, please open this jar of pickles for me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Alara says, do you have an actual jar of pickles for me to open, or are you saying this metaphorically? And Captain Orville says, I don't know. Do something strong. <laughs> Alara rips a, like a joystick-looking thing out of the control panel, and she ties it into a knot. Bordis eats it. <laughs> Isaac says, I'm not a robot. I'm some other thing. And if you call me a robot, I'm going to get real upset about it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. That's him. Gordon, That's him 100%. <laughs> Gordon, Gordon Malloy says, God, I wish we had something to listen to, don't you? I mean, besides all of the exclusively 20th century Caucasian human music we listen to all the time. John Lamar says, yeah, I wish we could listen to people talking. But it would be cool and funny and interesting, and they just really get the whole Orville thing and what we're all about. Gordon Malloy says, it could even be official so that everyone would know it was best and really officially associated with us. Then everyone in the crew turns and stares directly into the camera, and then they say, in unison, the official Orville podcast. Subscribe now and rate five stars so everyone knows it is official. Wow. That's good. Yeah. That, would, that is a good ending. Yeah. Thank you. That would be huge for us. <laughs> yes. That's a great point. Wow. Um, Kev, I feel like there's maybe a lot of plates breaking in your background this whole episode. Yeah, there it, there is a lot of like jar moving and stuff like that going along in the background of my house. I didn't know you guys could hear all that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It, I was trying to find an in-character way to tell you, and then I just gave up. <laughs> um, man, I didn't know you guys could hear all that. Sorry. Yeah. At first, I just thought Miranda was making a drink, but then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a. I think that's a perfect episode. I don't know if I have any notes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see. Let's. Does it cross the check? Uh, all the boxes. Uh, did Seth do something good? Um, is he perfect in this episode? Yes, he can't get over Derulio because nobody because it's it's messed up. So that's like you know nobody's that perfect. So that's the only thing that he doesn't do perfect, but that's understandable because Kelly's just such ugh. We look Nate. I don't know if you know, but we hate Kelly. Okay. Oh, yeah, I mean forgiving her would be a mistake. <laughs> exactly, and he doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. he picked. Listen, he picked a terrible wife. He mm-hmm. made the right decision by breaking up as soon as she cheated with him or cheated on him with the blue guy. It's, it lends itself to the comedy. She should be kicked off the orb. That would be great. Yeah. It's weird that she even got, I mean, I know she got, uh, you know, Orville, the job on the Orville and which is cool of her, but then what she should have done is just like clean her hands, say go. All right. Like we have like maybe she can come back later. Maybe she's dating Derulio and maybe they get oh no, they're in the airlock. Oh no, they accidentally got shot into space and then oh no. That's fine. Yeah, but the, yeah. don't I don't need to see her every episode. Like mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. yeah. What if what if we took the transporter from that last episode and we had it malfunction, maybe she swaps bodies with Alara and then dies. Yes. Mm. I love yes. that. Get rid of the problem actress. And Kelly oh. all in one fell swoop. Wow. She's this is like, really I'm good. Chill now. Even though I'm in Kelly's body, I'm chill and I'm strong still. Man, <laughs> yeah. oh, she that was still really smart. Still strong. I mean, we can't get rid of the open this jar of pickles right. catchphrase. It's too good. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. we, we've been playing around with the idea of an Alara spinoff where she's just kind of like the Hulk, like in Ang Lee's <laughs> The Hulk, where she's just jumping across the desert and just sma- smashing tanks. And this is the spinoff that the main spinoff that I'm envisioning. We also have Orville Knights. That's when the backup crew gets there after the the, the 12 hour shift is over. Yes. Are you thinking like a web series or like a full fledged spinoff? I'm thinking full-fledged. We're the cast, but the but Seth is still with us. I'm just gonna say web series not working too well for Star Trek Discovery, so I don't want to <laughs> do that. Uh, so, Kevin, I I think you spent your script writing time watching episode three. Is that the case? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. Well, that's all right. Uh, Tim, let's hear about yours. Okay. Uh, oh boy, I'm real nervous, guys. Uh, so uh, I uh, I I didn't fully understand what we were doing, and I I well, I guess we all wrote scripts, so that part I didn't understand. I thought we were going to be doing a table read, which is still on the table if we want to do that. I gave uh, everybody two roles to play, and I'm the narrator. Yeah. Or we can do that. I can, uh, great. I was really hoping you would say that. <laughs> Uh, let me uh, uh, text this link to all of you somehow. Yeah, you better and put it in the, in the Skype, Skype chat. Skype chat. Yeah. All right. So please try not to scroll down because there are a lot of surprises and I want to get authentic reactions. Okay. Okay. If, we're, if, if we are both, if we're playing two characters, should we say the character's name before we read the line? You know, I think so because it might truly be confusing, especially, Rand, you have Kelly and Alara, which I neither of them... Why do I have wow. to be Kelly? That seems <laughs> seems like you chose her for those two roles. I don't oh know. wow! This is fucked up. I, this is you're my friend Nate. You never even met this guy before. Make him be Kelly. I got Gordon and Isaac. I won uh, the jackpot. Yeah. I, I think so. The thing is, you need your best actor should be playing the villain because it's harder to oh, convincingly yes. be unlikable. Okay. So. All right. Oh, and and Nate, just so you know, Corduth is uh, um, Bordis's Bordis husband. Husband, whatever his name is. Okay, okay. Dale. It starts All with right, a so, K. We we think. <laughs> um, I'm gonna read the author's note, then I'll go over the cast, and then we'll get right into it. Okay. Okay. Author's note. Oh, sorry. This episode is called the debate. Author's note, I have written the first 80% of this fan episode. I haven't found an ending yet, but I believe it's ready to share with the world. In classic Orville fashion, I've attempted to capture an interesting discussion about the nature of humanity. While this story takes place in the future and with fictional characters, you may see parallels to issues in society in 2018. With this fan episode, I believe I've taken a balanced view of these issues, showing equally the merits of both sides. It's up to the viewer slash listener to determine what they may take from these wise lessons. Which I'll keep that in mind as we get into this. Uh, so our cast here: Captain Norville is played by Greggy. Uh, Kelly is played by Miranda. Gordon Malloy is played by uh, Nate. John Lamar is played by Kev. Isaac played by Nate. Alara played by Miranda. Bordis by Kev. And then Corduth, again, by Greggy. I will be doing the narration slash stage direction. And I will ask that the actors, unless you have a really convincing way to distinguish your two characters, <laughs> just say who you are at the beginning. 
And I might even put that in the next version of the script because I might have that problem in the future. <laughs> okay. Act one, scene one. Interior, the Orville Bridge. All of our favorite characters are in their normal places and calm. A baseball game is on television. The most popular player of 2018 is featured in a close-up. Everyone watches at it, looking confused. This is me as Gordon Malloy. Can you believe these idiots back in the 20th century thought this was entertaining? I'm watching this thinking, I don't even mind. <laughs> this is John Lamar. Ha! This is so idiotic. These sports are intellectually devoid. Captain Orville says, You know, back then, if you didn't like sports and work out, you were ostracized. Everything we now know to be superior was cornered into an underground culture called nerd culture. Malloy and Lamar look at each other, confused. Seriously? I'm, uh, Seriously? Uh, uh, I'm Lamar. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously? <laughs> uh, Captain Orville. Yeah, the 20th century was a very backwards time. Enjoying fantasy or sci-fi shows made you a weirdo who couldn't have any friends. It is difficult to imagine such a horrible world. <laughs> this is Malloy again. Wow. Imagine having to hide the fact that you like fantasy and sci-fi shows. At least you still have anime and video games. Uh, Captain Orville. No, actually. They took that away, too. Everyone looks at each other with a face that expresses their historical shame. Uh, this is Kelly. How could society have been so backwards? Orville looks defiant. Captain Orville. Actually, sociologists figured out that it was the influence of 20th century... <laughs> okay, okay. We got a lot more to get through, guys. Okay, okay, okay. Put on, put on your actor face. <laughs> Sorry, yes. The women would humiliate kind, intellectual men and reward foolish, brutish jocks with their favor. This is Isaac. I can't compute, Captain. Why would women prefer carnal, bestial strength in men when it implies that they will mistreat and be mean to those same women? Why would they not see that these, what were they called, nerds? That these nerds would treat them better? Clooney intimately touches Brutus's shoulder. Oh no. Uh, Clooney, aren't you glad we agreed to gender, <laughs> to gender correct our child? <laughs> One sec. <laughs> Aren't you glad that we agreed to gender correct our child now? Kelly, I don't know. I can't deny what an unimaginable, tra unimaginable tragedy it is to suppress cultural cornerstones like MMORPGs <laughs> and EDM. But at the same time, I see the argument that men should be men. Everyone <sighs> gasps. <gasps> Alara, as the strongest person here and also a woman, it is disgusting to me that you would say that, Kelly. This is Gordon. Kelly, do you even understand what you're saying? You're basically asking for intellectual men to have to go back underground. It would be the second worst humanitarian crisis of all time. This is John Lamar. What he forgot to say is the first worst humanitarian crisis of all time is the dump he left in the middle of the floor in our quarters this morning. Oh. Gordon and John high five. <laughs> Kelly. I guess you could say, I just hate men on a fundamental level. Ortis and Cordeth stand up. This conversation is no longer something I can stomach, and I can eat anything. Uh, Cordum, this is truly the worst discrimination that has ever been observed in the universe. 
everyone says in unison. Amen. 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 <laughs> Kelly gets visibly frustrated that she is losing the debate and pulls out a gun, <laughs> pointing it wildly at everyone. You think a woman can't use a gun? I will kill every man in here. And don't think that doesn't include you, Alara. You are the worst of them all. I will feel nothing, ending all of your pathetic lives. Isaac, who is immune to bullets, steps up to challenge Kelly. Kelly, do you not see the lack of logic in your actions? Despite what you feel, men are humans and never are deserving of physical violence. (laughs) While Isaac talks to Kelly and distracts her, Captain Orville has been sneaking up on her. At just the right moment, he leaps into action like a python and effortlessly pulls the gun out of her hands with great difficulty. (laughs) Captain Orville. The entire crew cheers. Kelly looks frustrated, but clearly respects Orville's actions. The baseball game has been on in the background this whole time, and we hear the announcer say, (laughs) Strike three, you're out. All right, this is Gordon, and he's saying this happily. You saved the day yet again, Mr. Orville. This is Kelly. You win this time, Orville. You have my respect. Captain Orville, one day you will learn respect. (laughs) One day you will learn to respect men, Kelly. Alara approaches the Orville. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is Alara, and she says this horny. Uh, oh, Captain, my Captain, that was an impressive feat of bravery. How can I ever repay you? Captain Orville. Hey, Alara, how about you open this jar of pickles for me? <laughs> Captain Orville winks and makes a look at my penis hand gesture. <laughs> this is as Isaac. Even though Captain Orville is Lieutenant Kitan's commanding officer and boss, it is acceptable for them to engage in a sexy, romantic fraternization. I have calculated that Captain Ori is clearly such a desirable mate that it's mathematically nearly impossible for his sexual partners to be unduly coerced into this partnership. Captain Orville. Isaac, one time I asked you to call me Captain Ori, and I've been begging you to stop ever since. Everything else you said was correct, though. Uh, there's no concern at all for me, my dating the security officer. This is the world we want our son to live in. Thank you, Captain Orville. Suddenly, an explosion rocks the ship. The camera closes in on Kelly's face, and we see a smirk develop. She speaks quietly to herself as the rest of the crew is distracted. Quietly to herself. They're here. Captain Orville will have no idea what hit him when my plan finally falls into place to return the Chads to their former glory. (laughs) Once this is all through, everyone will recognize my genius and correctness as the idealistic female. I can't wait to destroy all nice men and make comic books shameful and illegal as they should be. (gasps) End of Act 1. So that's about as far as I got with this. Oh my god. That is a true villain. (laughs) Thematically just a representation of what I get from watching the Orville. <laughs> yeah, checks the boxes. Orville's the hero. Kelly's a bitch. Mm-hmm. I think it would be better if Captain Orville just shot her in the face. <laughs> like, he's got the gun. Mm-hmm. I know he's distracted by Alara being horny, but mm-hmm. get rid of Kelly. Yeah, as much as I love the setup for, like, a bigger struggle, like an arc throughout all of season two... It would be cool if he just just ended it immediately. Mm. Mm. Kind of the way the kind of the way Seth just ended, like you know, the fact that nerds aren't cool and all that. You know, it would mm. be great if he like maybe 
in the second act, Alara gets turned by Kelly, so she he has to shoot her too. Oh wow! Wow, that yeah. was amazing. You great. are really good at finding out ways to get Alara off for season two. <laughs> <laughs> I just think you know we're we're at a turning point here. They're remaking the Last Jedi now. Uh, yeah, we got to get ahead of this. We got to have no women in the season two cast of the Orville. The dream. That's the yeah. dream. Just get ahead of this. We want, we want Seth to keep pushing those milestones and being such a trendsetter. Wow. I hashtag, it. hashtag make the Orville Mocklin, right? <laughs> we need an all male society here. Yeah. And the women should be regulated to the caves up oh, in the, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah. Like gone to Selden. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you know, uh, because of the balanced way they treated that society in episode three, that that's something that uh, Seth is open to. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They really treated it like a 50-50 call on whether that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, that's actually due for a rewatch. You guys might find your opinions changed on a second viewing. <laughs> uh, once you see Kelly's defense as a lawyer, once you really analyze it, you're like, they they... Almost on a technicality, they had to change it to a boy because it's just such a terrible uh, showing us from her. <laughs> I mean, revisit it. We haven't been to Planet Monklas in a while. Mm-hmm. Maybe we come back and the sole female Monklin <laughs> is like, you know what? I want the surgery too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, Bordis's husband used to be a female. Look at him. He is like kids are dressing up as Kleeborg. On Halloween, he is their role model. This is going to get the next generation of kids thinking the way that we need them to. One thing that I liked, I thought was really great character development, was that at the end of this episode that you rewatched, Kevin, they you find out that that Cliven used to be a female, and it seems like they're going to sort of leave it ambiguous. And you're like, oh, was that the right thing to do or not? But as it turns out, they never bring it up again or mention it. So it was the right thing to do mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm they you know never comes up again so it's this is this is you have to frame it this way he's with bordis now and bordis can eat anything you know what i'm saying so yeah he's he he definitely made the right call (laughs) do we think clyde you know clyde can also eat anything is that just a mocklin thing is this Boris's talent? I think so. <laughs> I think it's a Mocklin thing, but I would love to see an eating contest between Bordis and Cranberry. <laughs> it would be cool if we found out that he was the only one who could eat anything, and they, you know, and then he had to have some surgery where they're like, "Oh no," you know, make that the episode instead of the child. Oh no, nobody on our planet is allowed to eat anything. You know, something like that. A little more tame <laughs> for me. <laughs> That'd be a weird rule. How would how would you enforce that? I mean, you know, I don't know. Belt, tight, tight, tight belts or something. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, yeah, we talked about uh, each of our different scripts. Uh, everybody did a great job. I, I just want to commend everyone. Uh, Sapphire stars all around. Wow. Those, those oh, great you. scripts. <laughs> I hope um, they all get made. I hope that each of these is in season two. <laughs> That'd be great. I feel like each one could be its own season. <laughs> you just stretch it <laughs> out a bit. Seth, if you're listening and you realize I didn't write one, 
just that's kind of like a note to you that I need the most help. So if you are going to come to one of our houses, <laughs> I, I'm kind of behind here. And, you know, if we're like a package deal here. So um, I've tied myself to Nate um, contractually. So if his if his script, which is really good, gets on, then you have to take me and you have to you know, come so, hang out with me. I have a question. This might be kind of a stupid question. As this is the official Orville podcast, I mean, you have Seth's email and phone number, right? We're going to be sending these to him right after we finish recording? Uh, we have a an indirect contact for Seth, and we've been sending him a lot of these scripts, and he hasn't uh, really gotten back to us yet. So I'm wondering if he's kind of building up a pile of them for season two and three and four. We'd be going through a lot right now, I mean, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Oh, with his breakup? Is yeah. That- He's got yeah. uh, just a room full of unopened pickle jars, and he's just yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everything he sees now is just like turning into pickle jars to him. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's like fucked up season two? Like he's got to like cross out all these lines and like be like, how do I? There's going to be this closed door, but who's going to open it now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll just have Boris eat through it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they've been having yeah, uh, Dr. Finn lift weights a lot behind the scenes. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they got to get on in, the Alara regimen. They could bring in like a new character who's a hot Salean girl who's also really strong. Or guy. Seth wants to fuck her. <laughs> and her name is yeah, Malara. <laughs> Malara Patan. <laughs> yeah, that way he, even in the script, he only has to change a couple of letters. <laughs> or also, honestly, what you can do is just recast the role. Yeah, no because like she messed up. She shouldn't have let him break up with her if she didn't. If she wanted to stay on the show, like it's her fault that her boss started dating her and then they broke up. Mm-hmm. And she was Besides, out of job. The makeup team can turn anybody to probably make look like her. They're just so good in it. Everything. Else. Oh yeah. You add the nose wrinkle to somebody, you won't know the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Simple. Hey, could be me. You know, why not me? <laughs> that's interesting, and that's our way to get in for the Orville Knights uh, shingle yes. show. Shingle show, <laughs> spinoff show. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, and I do. We don't have the direct in. Who is our our contact? Seth McFarland fans, I think, is our <laughs> is one of our contacts to get to Seth. And Gordon Malloy, me and him have been back and forth with this cash giveaway thing that we did earlier. <laughs> so maybe. Maybe he can get in. Uh, but yeah, so um, everybody gets a uh, Sapphire Star from me as well. <laughs> oh, been, wow. Thank you. I've been collecting thank, thank all the you. Sapphire Stars, and I just would like to redistribute uh, some of it. That's very generous of you, Kevin. Thank you. Mm, I'd love to see an Orville episode tackle uh, wealth redistribution. I think that. <laughs> They would have some really interesting this things to say about that. Gotta, gotta be in season two. There's gotta be something coming in season two about that. Mm-hmm. Is Derulio a one percenter? I don't know. Maybe. It's a good question. Uh, while we've got Nate here, I thought we would uh, maybe shoot through at least one other segment. Uh, first of all, we'll get to other podcasts. Um, so, as always, it is the official The Orville podcast position that... <laughs> All other the Orville podcasts should stop making their podcasts. Um, they should really delete their episodes from LibSyn or wherever they're hosting as well. And uh, ideally, they would uh, call into the voicemail and apologize uh, for ever having done their podcast. 
However, uh, so when I knew that Nate was coming on the show, I listened to an episode of uh, The Orville Will Be Canceled that he was on. Um, first of all, I don't love the name, but no. but Nate did such a good friggin' job on this thing. I think they're now on the allowed list. Um, the Orville will no, be canceled. What? Is allowed no, to continue. I'm sorry. Under the condition, this. under the condition, they take out a couple of or add the word "not" to, <laughs> to the to the title. Yeah, that would be ideal. Definitely. Jinx anything? I mean, it's called the Orville will be canceled. They got a second season. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're doing something right or something perfectly wrong. So mm-hmm. whatever you're doing there, whatever you're jinxing on yourselves, like keep up the good work. <laughs> Yeah. This is a classic haters are motivators things, and the <laughs> and the execs at Fox are saying we're not going to let these haters get to us. We are going to re up, add another a dollar to the uh, to the old uh, budget. You know, I wonder if they could even make the strategy more effective by renaming it. I dare you to cancel the Orville. Do it, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering if Nate wanted to uh, talk shit on that other podcast at all. He had anything bad to say about it. <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything bad to say specifically because one, they had me on and two, they somehow managed to ensure a season two. Yeah. So I think Seth is really motivated. I'm hoping maybe he saw it and he was like, you know what? I'm going to prove him wrong. Yeah. We're going to get the most rip roar in possible season two, the Orville, maybe a spinoff. I'd love to see the Lamar, which is, Mm. you know, of course, Mm. his own ship. It's, Ooh, uh, yes. it's still written by mm. Seth. We don't have any persons of color on the writing team. It's just like <laughs> no, of show, course not. But, but for the Orville, um, and hopefully many seasons of that as well. And how is his ship going to be powered? Soda. <laughs> Runs oh. on soda. Oh. Which comes, it's like a bit of a problem one episode where he drinks all the soda. Oh, so. no. Like he stays up late and drinks the whole reserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he has a really bad tummy ache, so he can't even like be effective at solving the problem. Yeah, tummy aches are like classic problem-solving killers. So, <laughs> Nate, uh, we have a segment on this podcast called uh, "The Golden Ori," which is where Greggy gives one of the rest of us an award for being a good co-host. And I was just wondering who you think maybe deserves the Golden Ori today. I mean. Tim did give us like a really fancy script and like parts to read and everything. Mm. I think that's above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all true. Yes, thank that's you so true. much for uh, providing this great justification for why guests do not get to vote in the Golden Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda, that is so mean. You ask him for a. But yeah, he's just to say it's, mean. A, it's a non voting opinion, it still yeah. factors in. And honestly, Greggy would be really rude to <laughs> disagree with it. I don't know, though. That is really bold of Miranda to ask him for his opinion and then <laughs> uh, totally, you know, deny it. So I don't know. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, so should I should I speak up here or something? How do I, how do I throw my hat on this ring? <laughs> um, well, look, um, I didn't write a script, and but the, you know, don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> that was actually my whole argument for uh, Kev as well. <laughs> he didn't write. A he, he didn't write a script. Like case closed. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nate, for coming on. Even though you had the wrong opinion about the Golden Ori, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm 
I won't say I'm not full of bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks so much, man. And uh, yeah, like I'm glad we changed your opinion because at first you seemed like maybe you didn't really like the Orville or you thought it wasn't that good. And then and now I see you're just like full force. You're in, you're, you're buying in and I love it. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad to be around fellow Orville heads. I'm not used to it. I kind of have to mask mm-hmm. my love of the show as like mm-hmm. an ironic distaste. Yes, thing. yes, but, me all the time. But no, yeah. I'm glad I could open up. I'm glad you guys got me out of my shell. <laughs> and uh, it was really a pleasure to to share our praise of Seth MacFarlane's genius. Mm, yeah, and you got to check out some Scott Grimes music. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott Grimes' music is like even. another level, another yeah. level to the Orville. <laughs> I do have to run, but uh, thank you so much. Uh, hope, hopefully I'll have a finished script or another script sometime mm-hmm. to share with you guys. I Literally anytime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're welcome and back it, next season. It, yeah, next season for sure. You got to have you back. If you don't, if your script's not on season two, it will be season three. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything you want to promote, Nate? Sure. Uh, catch me on Twitter at Vrunt. Uh, listen to the podcast I produce, WrestleSplania. They oh. have no opinions about the Orville so far, so <laughs> maybe I can get them, you know, as I'm producing, I'll be like, listen, plug the Orville a little bit, talk about Seth MacFarlane, yes, yes. how he relates to wrestling. Um, I mean, he wrestles with his genius. Maybe that's mm. like a segue. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that's smart. Yeah, check it out and uh, stay tuned for me to come back here with more scripts. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Okay, guys, so this week, um, unfortunately, Alex Arbor did not come up with any new songs. I didn't find any new Scott Grimes songs. Uh, but luckily, uh, Casey, who has been on the podcast before, I believe, on the Critters 2 episode, uh, he linked to us a really great song uh, for us to discuss here on the podcast. It's called One World, One Market. Um, I actually don't know who is the the artist behind this song, but she's got a great voice and actually a really, really good message that we've, uh, we've all taken on board, uh, really, really strong. I think, should I just get started? Did you guys have anything you wanted to say about it before we listen? Just thank you, Dr. Lim. Really? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. seriously. You can't, you can't say it enough that just, let's just say we're not laughing at you right now, Dr. Lim. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Laughing with you. <laughs> okay, well, here we go. Here's clip number one. One world, one market. One market. Okay, there we go. That gets us started. We know who we're talking about. Uh, we know he's got a dream. Uh, Dr. Lim, I don't know. I think uh, one day he's going to be up there with Einstein, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Jonas Salt. Edison. Yeah. yeah I, like, I would say, like, Isaac Newton because he discovered something that was, like, already naturally occurring, and he just kind of spread that out to the world, and the, like, with gravity and the other laws. It's kind of like there must have been someone who was the first person to say, like, let's eat these avocados, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then 
it seems obvious now because we're hundreds of years into that, but that was a genius basically. But even more so with Dr. Lemon that you'll find out in the song. Oh, and just at at the beginning, you get a little kind of hint, one world, one market. And I think that was Mr. Lemon's doctor, sorry, Dr. Lemon. They really flesh out what that means. Well, you'll understand. It doesn't doesn't make sense right away. They go one world, one market. You will understand. You will understand. They really go into details defining exactly what that means. Mm. Okay, here we go. Clip number two. Okay, Ooh. so this is kind of like that, uh, what we were saying earlier about the, the uh, Orville will be canceled. Like your mm-hmm. haters, they're going to laugh at you. They're going to say oh. bad things, mm. but you're just going to turn it around on them and you're going to tell them, hey, you, you may think that, but one world, one market, baby. I'm going to sell this Ganonderma <laughs> all around the world to everyone. And it's basically a miracle drug, I think. Oh, he doesn't, he will not discriminate color or gender. And. As long as you are and, either white or black or one of the two gender mm-hmm. main And yeah, whether you're rich or poor, he doesn't and, care. And, but let me continue. Oh, please. Yes. And, and uh, he left a good job. So you got to trust. <laughs> like, you don't just leave a good job unless you got something, you got something good on your hands. You, know? you don't leave a good job unless you're really smart, basically. Unless you're about to change the world. Yeah. Well, it just shows like his humble beginning. This is like the story of humble beginnings, perseverance. For a greater goal of one world, one market. What do you think his good job was? Mm, doctor, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that was one of my big questions. The other one was like, what were people saying when they laughed at him? Can you even <laughs> imagine laughing at this guy? Like, what is there to make fun of? Well, he shows up with the Ganoderma, and you're thinking, mushroom in red, beautiful. What is to laugh at? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was a... Uh... Like a Patch Adams kind of doctor, you know? Mm. Oh, okay. Well, okay. and then, well, we know the later lyrics in the song, but that would uh, kind of assume that he got a more serious, he kind of got more serious as things went on. Because mm-hmm. no one laughs at him now. Yeah. He gave up on that strategy and he doubled down on the doctor part of the, pa- the, the Adams part of the Patch Adams. Because what heal laughter heals, but... Ganonderma just feels so much better. It makes laughter obsolete, honestly. <laughs> for uh, so yeah, let me go ahead and play clip three. Here we go. Okay, so you kind of get you get you get what his dream was: one world, one market. Things are sort of kinding to come together on the page. Like you, like the spots are getting closer together. You're not entirely sure what one world, one market is yet, but you're starting to become comfortable with the idea. It's no longer so jarring and like, oh, what do you mean, one world? You know, so you're you're opening yourself up to understanding it at this point in the stuff. Is my take. This this is a strategy that's been used. Uh, all throughout history to sort of normalize a revolutionary idea like one world one market it's like 
you know, John Locke running in the street saying life, liberty and property. And he would just repeat it, you know, basically 80 hours a week, just out on the street saying it, saying, please, can mm-hmm. I have a moment of your time? Life, liberty, property, blah, 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 blah. Or new with like, just gravity is real. Gravity mm-hmm. is real. Gravity Our, is real. And he get chants going, you know, and they Our, didn't have- revere. The British are coming. Yeah. The British are coming. The British. <laughs> yes. are, and you see it in sports stadiums too. The same concept is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you start that chanting. It's like kind of a like an animalistic kind of. You know, we can all unite. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're on the same team when we're chanting together. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of break it down, like, okay, you got this mushroom in red that you want to sell to people, right? Where do you want to mm-hmm. sell? Do you want to sell them to the people next door? Okay, that's pretty good, but that's only two people, right? <laughs> but then, if you think you know farther out, maybe the cities around me i'll sell it to them now you're talking you know thousands of people but then if you think what if i just sell this thing to everybody in the whole flipping world that's that's uh the market that you're really looking for i think and that was the the real uh the real genius that dr lim brought to the world oh wow because everyone else is like I made this company, you know, like you don't have Whole Foods in Canada, for example. They're like, no, our market is the United States. That's it. And so that's really limiting. You can when you when you really think about it, you can kind of start to see how that might be limiting to your business growth potential if you if you don't grow. So if they did, for example, have Whole Foods in Canada, like if I said, Tim, they actually definitely have whole foods in canada like say i was in england just recently at a whole foods no see no no okay this is a this is a post dr lim world it's a post dr lim world oh okay okay. you see if you went there two years ago there wouldn't have been anything yes this is before the ganoderma just like you you actually you probably don't even know this you can turn the tv on and find bbc now Mm. that's true on my american tv yeah yeah it's true that's fact I don't think that is true because, first of all, I don't have a TV, so it doesn't seem likely. Hey, you're going to make me pull my Trump card in this uh, debate. Hold up. Hold one up. world, one market, one world, one world, one market, one world. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're TV right. He is on TV. Told you. <laughs> yeah, okay. I do like it better when it, they sing it, though, rather than <laughs> yell it at me. Now, I'm not sure if I left a clip out of my soundboard or if I just named them wrong. Uh, But here is clip five. I don't have a clip four. Okay, I had to stop it there because... I have to find out, what do you guys think? Was putting Ganoderma in coffee and tea a master stroke? It was 100% a master stroke. I agree. Gotta, gotta agree. Have to agree with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing in here too. I'm not going to take the contrary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Master stroke for sure. Definitely, yeah. And I, I can't even imagine having a coffee or tea anymore without that mushroom and red in it, you know? Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It would taste so bad, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd probably get sick. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, you feel more financially free after you have your tea <laughs> with Ganodermin. And that's just, without it, I kind of feel this burden of like, where's my, when's my paycheck coming in? 
Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like, I, I don't, people probably don't realize this, but okay. Yes. We sometimes do long episodes of this podcast and you're like, how can you not go to the bathroom for two and a half hours? You know, you think normally people go once every what 15 minutes. I'm trying to think how often <laughs> I went before I got on the mushroom in red. No, it's the mushroom in red. You can do whatever you basically, you decide to do it and it's done. That's how we're getting you three hour podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sometimes I refer to, I refer to the mushroom as a woman and I like to call her the lady in red. She's my vixen, my, my princess, you know, and I put her up on this pedestal and she belongs there. I like to do That's that correct. too. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I actually do that same thing. <laughs> I keep my container of mushroom on like literally on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah. And, but in a dark box, cause they don't, I, don't think they like the sun unless they're eating the mushroom and red then they can do whatever they want which is what mine are doing <laughs> as i take a third of it mash wow. it up in a puree and then okay. massage it into the remaining ones and they can live in the sun now now you've been attending dr lim's master class right His yeah master i mean it's stroke online <laughs> yeah it's an online master stroke master class, but yeah, I, I'm uh, what we're on week seventy eight now. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> See, I came up with this just I had only heard bits and pieces of what you're supposed to, you know, to get the most out of the lady in red, the mushroom in red, Ganoderma. But uh, so I've just been picking up pieces you're supposed to put up on a pedestal, call it a lady, and stuff like that. But this <laughs> whole, I I don't want to take money out of Dr. Lim's hands, but. You know, one world, one market. So, uh, you know. So you said it, my man. One world, (laughs) one market. Well, that's the cool thing. So Dr. Lim, he sells the mushrooms to us. Then we sell them to other people. We get them signed up under us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just keeps flowing down and down and down. Everybody gets rich off of this mushroom. And everybody becomes like supermen, you know. Everyone or superwomen. I'm sorry, Miranda. Thank you. No offense to Dr. Lim and his genius, but why would I want to share this Ganoderma with these other fuckers? You know, like, mm. why do I want them to get what I got here? Mm. Well, have you been taking this in the morning, too? Because if I take it, it six, six times a day. <laughs> okay, well, maybe I don't know who you get your Ganoderma from. But when I take Ganoderma, I have this feeling of sharing with the world one world, one market. So, they, yeah, they actually, there was a whole two classes in the master class dedicated to, you know, I I have that instinct of I want to hoard it. I want to be better than everyone else. And they actually explain, and I, I'll try to paraphrase it, but, you know, it took the full six hours, I think, for me to really buy in um, that you actually, um, you end up making a lot of money by selling it to other people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh i see okay okay so you get friends and stuff and then like you know i mean there's a couple angles you could take on the justification which is all of my friends and family are getting stronger or (laughs) if you need it i'm making a buttload of money (laughs) uh let's see here's uh our next clip Yeah. 
everybody all over the world is taking Ganonderma, and, you know, he called it. They're all feeling <laughs> great because of it. Mm-hmm. Man. I wish I wish they would have gone into more details on the the struggles he faced. Like I mm-hmm. I know just he he references a lot. There was a big one where um I'm I'm so proud of him for making it through this. Where the government didn't want him to do this. Um, yes. Because they said that uh, you know the results are not experimentally verifiable. The FDA hadn't approved it. And like honestly, that stuff is such nonsense. And it's all political about like mm-hmm. what did the FDA approve? You know. Yeah, challenge after challenge, he overcame these investigations and uh, accusations of, uh, you know, multi-level marketing schemes. And once (laughs) what I say to people who who accuse me of uh, asking them to join my pyramid scheme is I say, have you tried the mushroom in red? Have you added it to your coffee and tea? Uh, I think you'll agree. It's a master stroke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of uh it's of smart <laughs> i don't know yeah that's what i, I say a variation of that mm-hmm. and they normally get on board i get my downstream right and <laughs> you know i'm financially free i like to say mm-hmm. and like let's just address it head on i i know a lot of a lot of sort of eye-rolly skeptics are going to hear this and go, oh, it's just another pyramid scheme, just another MLM thing. It's just another, you know, way to make money off of your loved ones. And it's not. I mean, you, like, okay, literally, if you put it on paper and look it up in the dictionary, like, okay, maybe you could make a case that it is exactly that. But you think about it, he has this thing, he discovered this thing. What's the fastest way to get it out to the world? Mm-hmm. Like, just think about that and tell me an answer that's not pyramid scheme Mm -hmm. (laughs) because now people on the bottom are out of money unless they get it more out so eventually everyone's going to have money and everyone will have it as fast as possible people get mad at pyramid schemes but you remember that movie with uh Haley Joel Osment I think where like you do three good things for three people and you pass it on and it makes the world a better place yeah, I think I think that I don't know the name of that movie. <laughs> Listeners, hashtag what's the name of this movie and then leave the name of the movie under it because I need to rewatch that because it is it preaches it the, the same principles. Was it the Sixth six Sense? Yes. Mm. He sees the ghosts by taking the Ganoderma and he yeah. becomes healthier. He fixes ghosts. He I haven't seen this movie in a while, but he does something like that, makes everything better. One world, one market. And it's it's not listed anywhere, at least in writing that I've seen as a side effect, but I have been seeing a lot of ghosts. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I don't know if I it mean, was Sixth Sense. I, I think uh, K-Pax was in the movie that uh, Kevin is thinking of. Yes, K-Pax. K- K-Pax, um, was, K-Pax in was in the movie. It, it might be K-Pax, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, K Pax, the only movie that I remember him being in was K Pax. Um, <laughs> and we got to do a K Pax episode, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and well, I've got a couple of things to say about it. Pyramids are the most um, structurally sound uh, mm. way to build a building. If you don't, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want your building to be there forever, just ask the freaking Egyptians, they'll tell you. You want a mm-hmm. pyramid scheme. Uh, second, Dr. Lim, he knew, right? He knew that everyone would buy Ganoderma because 
he's got that sixth sense because he's been eating the Ganoderma. <laughs> so he knew the way to do it was with the pyramid scheme because he saw it in his, uh, you know, supernatural vi- vision. And all of the dead people who talked to him said, man, if I had some of that mushroom and red, <laughs> buddy, I'd still be here, <laughs> you know? And, you know, he would watch them say, what's so wrong? And they'd point out like a little tree root and you see a little red mushroom and say, buddy, I need some of this. I should have had some more of these. And then the more dead people you talk to, I've been finding is the more you need a downstream. You need uh, multi-levels in your marketing, you know, in order to truly achieve, say it with me, one One world, world, market, market. market. You'll notice it's not one world, one market, one level. That's not part of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they basically tell you at the beginning straight up. They're very transparent about it. That's something a keen eye will notice. (laughs) I got one more clip. Do not say one level. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Yes. And that's a praise. Question. Praise. <laughs> and they got all the continents. <laughs> yeah, all, all five of them are in there. <laughs> and that was really good. That breakdown. Can we talk about the musicality of this song? Marina, I know you're a bit of a music uh, expert. Just like this is like 101, right? This is a master, cl- master stroke of songwriting. <laughs> Yes, I. Is that what one hundred and one means? That it's, it's the master class. You go to English one hundred and one. You That's walk the highest out. Level. You walk, you walk well, out. Because traditionally, like in the old school, there was one through a hundred, and then in the yeah. the seventeen hundreds, they added one hundred and one as like that. Just put you. It's overdrive. Mm-hmm. You have to take a hundred classes. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. Um, <laughs> This, uh, what, what, what is the lyrics in this verse? <laughs> one world, one market, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got, uh, this is, uh, this no is the, no one's laughing at him now. Yes, right. yes, this is the kind of clap back at the haters. And this is kind of like, <laughs> to me, I'm kind of thinking, is this, uh, is this another Drake diss that we're hearing? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think if you go back and listen, I think that Drake was maybe, they didn't shout out Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. in, oh, true. In the in the continent yeah. breakdown, so that's a re- that's a red flag for me. You know, it's loud silence by not mentioning Canada. <laughs> it's a noisy omission. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, you hear Pusha T's verses or Alex Arbor's verses. You can, I mean, if if you're in tune to it, if you've been taking yours, you can hear that Ganonderma in his voice. You know, mm-hmm. that was obvious yeah. to me during all those disses, and He's then great. Yeah. You listen to Drake's, none, no red mushrooms whatsoever. Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. I think that's why he really lost. I've been seeing Pusha T walk around with, uh, you know, these styrofoam cups. And I'm like, what's in there? And he's like, it's a, it might be coffee, it might be tea. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know. And then he looked at me. He wagged his eyebrows. He says, yeah, there's a little bit of a master stroke involved, if you get, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, he takes a big drink and then his, uh, he takes the cup away and he's got that red mushroom yeah. mustache, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And he like tries to grab a ghost for a second before he comes back to reality. <laughs> it's a funny thing I recently learned about it. Um, the bioavailability is actually really poor. So you end up urinating about 80% of the... Um, the useful organic compounds in it. So what you can do if you're kind of in a pinch is just collect your urine back. <laughs> I heard that and get another eighty yeah, percent. I heard that if, if you go to a shaman, they will sometimes ingest a more powerful Ganonderma for you and then urinate it into your mouth. And sort of it's sort of like a what they do is they remove all the negative energy from the if there is any i don't know so this may be a pointless uh, technique but if there is any negative energy that shaman will take care of it and uh my guy he's he's rich off me but you know i'm living financially free too so uh, what can i say i'm well you're in a sta- sterile you know so yeah. it's fine you can do it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And honestly, like at this point, I almost prefer the taste of urine (laughs) to like water or something. Because if there's no, you know, water is just nothing. And urine is like this delicious sort of kind of earthy, minerally, salty. Wow, that's so funny. We came up on the same Uh, minerally because it's just so minerally. (laughs) Just like, well, the other thing is you can sort of do a little bit of telepathy. And I've heard people argue that what happens is, because each of you spend time staring at ghosts and not really listening, you subconsciously hear it. I disagree with that. I think it is true telepathy. Mm, I well, agree. one world, one market. That's how you get yeah, there. Exactly. That's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's one right there. Yeah. Man, I think in this song, you know, a lot of music, they say like, oh, you need to practice repetition. That's how like a guy like Lil Pump can hear one world, one market and come up with Gucci gang, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, Takashi six, nine, you know, he gets, he comes up with all his hot shit. He, he's Takashi is on the Ganonderma. Can we all agree? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He oh, has yeah. to be. Oh, he's, come on. Well, he uses he's, some in that hair. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I look at him and think, did I have too much Ganonderma this morning? <laughs> this guy is, is wild. Yeah. But, you know, he's definitely, I see him in the video shouting out One World, One Market. So I know he's part of the team and uh, we're happy to have him. I wonder what level he's on. Mm. What level are you guys? I'm level eight. Mm -hmm. I'm a quadruple diamond. Wow. Wow. Congratulations, man. I just got got my first set of skis and I'm ready to, like, I'm just getting on the course. (laughs) <laughs> that's what they told me in my class no yeah that makes a lot of sense that's cool is that, hand- is that yeah. metaphorically or did they change the curriculum since i started they handed me a set of skis we go out to the mountain <laughs> i go on this kind of like chair thing it like lifts you up takes you to the top of the mountain wow and then they were like you know he started giving us instructions how to ski ski down the mountain and we were all just like one world chanting on the way down the mountain. One world, one market. 
And it's kind of, that's like, they probably, that's the first thing you see because it convinces you that you can do anything. Like a chair floating up into a mountain, seriously, mm-hmm. you couldn't do that without this mushroom in red, you know? <laughs> so you see it and you go, oh, this is real. It's kind of like if you go to a psychic and you see indisputable evidence, you're like, oh, well, this is real now, you know? Yeah. One sip, guys, and, you know, they, they say they call it red pilling, but like red <laughs> sipping. It's like you're, you will be woke to the reality of one world, one market. Mm-hmm. Do you, I would never go back. Do you feel like it's freed your mind, Miranda? Uh, yes. Mm. Hey, love to hear Preach. that. Preach. Uh, and what level I have you gotten it. to, Miranda? I'm at the uh, Sapphire Star level. Oh, cool. wow. I yeah, we I heard in. about this on the conference call. <laughs> yeah, Seth, I don't know what he level he's at. He is, he's, yeah. at, mm-hmm. he's a level 69. Maybe. <laughs> oh. We should do a live um, uh, Orville recording at the conference in Houston in July. <laughs> that would yeah. be so cool, yeah. Yeah, we could get our downstreams involved, and we'd really pack the house. Are we sure that Dr. Lim is not just, now hear me out, guys, not just uh, Seth MacFarlane in heavy prosthetics made from the Orville team, and this is his way of promoting, because he knew nobody would really trust him, you know, because he's so funny, and, you know, it's hard to believe, people will laugh at him, you know? That makes sense for why everybody kept laughing at Dr. Lim. (laughs) Because he was Seth MacFarlane, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh boy, I need, you I need a you can't, un- you can't unlearn those like instincts, you know. Mm-hmm. You say things like, "She's a dog looking his balls." <laughs> yeah. It takes effort to learn how not to say that. Yeah. Wait, so when he left a good job, what job was that? Uh, probably Cleveland show. <laughs> the time, the timing of it, I'm guessing. The syllables in the song don't work out to say I left one of my eight good jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was probably just Cleveland show. And, you know, that was the big risk he took by, by mm-hmm. leaving. Well, yeah, I am feeling so free financially. My mind is free. You're like wow. healthy. Um, everything is open to me now. Like there's nothing, nothing closed to me anymore. Mm. Uh, I'm so healthy. Yeah. I'm having my I'm having my cleansing seizures three times a day now. So I'm just getting a fresh mind, like basically yeah. all the time. It lasts me right to the next one. Uh-huh. Yeah, health is wealth, and I'm also seeing a lot of money rolling too. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. feel, I'm feeling good, but the money's coming too. So it's like health is wealth, and then the wealth is wealth too. It's <laughs> yeah, good. Man. Uh, it does kind of cut into your free time to you know to be constantly calling your friends and loved ones and you know cold calling people and then you're also on conference calls like five days a week and like Um, your face your facebook friends number like don't don't focus on the faces that are disappearing or that you're gonna see the number go down don't worry about if it's close family and friends or the people that you've contacted Mm -hmm. you know just keep driving you know people are gonna laugh at you you're gonna get you're gonna get the classic doctor limb treatment but challenge after challenge they're gonna tell you uh I I'm sick of the word multi-level marketing. All right, mm-hmm. sick of the word pyramid. It's a good thing we talk about this. Mm-hmm. We start. Yeah, it's a pyramid. <laughs> we started oh, wow. calling it multi-level marketing because somehow pyramid scheme got 
like a, a negative connotation. And now I feel like multi-level marketing has a negative connotation. Like we need another word for it. Just like, I guess just one world, one market is the word. <laughs> yes. right yeah, that's what I was going to suggest. Wow. We're so telepathically connected right now. Feel it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm getting what... something from you guys right now. Mm. I... Oh. Yeah, I'm sending something. I'm sending a message. I'm sending a lot. Wait, guys, are you are you for real? You yeah, really yeah. feel like mm-hmm. no, because it's finally I have the time. power now. Yeah, because I feel financially free. I healthy. My tea. I'm drinking tea. <laughs> we think it's finally time for us to watch the finale. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. this is it. I think we're ready. Thank you, Dr. Lim. Thank you. Wow. So wow. powerful. Next this episode. One world. One world. And I've been saving up a lot of my um, mushroom urine so we can make tea (laughs) with that for double strength. Awesome. Should be a a lot of fun. I can't. So should we do that like uh, tomorrow? (laughs) Maybe Uh, the day after tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah, I have a a show tomorrow. So maybe the day after tomorrow would be better. I have to see my guy, my Ganondurma guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sounds good. Uh, that was the song segment. Uh, I guess two more segments to go. Uh, voicemails. <laughs> Let's see. For, so our first voice, voicemail. Uh, actually, he sent it before our last episode came out, uh, but we didn't get it in time. You got to send these. Just, just like send two a day or something, so that we, you make sure we get them. Uh, you call into the voicemail. Uh, Splat Job AI. I don't have it open this time to know what the actual number is. Um, but here's our first voicemail from Ryan. Hey guys, Alex Arbor Day. This is Ryan Kelly. Just wanted to tell you that Kill Time before season two, I've been watching the show Star Trek The Next Generation. And using editing and CGI tricks, I've replaced Captain Picard with the Orville uh, to vastly improve the show. I mean, it's really a piece of shit show, but now it's really good because the Orville's there. Uh, I've also replaced Worf with Scott Grimes and Data with Scott Grimes. This is a great trick. You can do it with almost any TV show. I replaced Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi with the Orville, and it really worked out great. Um, by the way, my last name is Kelly, but I don't have anything to do with Kelly from the Orville. So don't roast me about that, okay? Don't try and drag me over the coals or anything. Okay, bye. Bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't say he loves us. But, um, but, yeah. but <laughs> other than that, um, pretty like genius idea and send those tapes over (laughs) yeah yeah he told us to do it he didn't really explain how to do it like come on man i'm not i'm not the orville special effects team over here Mm -hmm. Mm. a lot of a lot of my time is wrapped up in dr (laughs) activities Mm. Uh, but go ahead um yeah, my my bleeping button is still broken, so I wasn't able to bleep out his last name. But that did end up uh, leading to something he said later on. Um, his last name is Kelly, like Kelly on the show. Uh, we're not supposed to roast him about it, I guess. I don't How know. It seemed like would you I mean, expect that to happen? 
He can say it. That doesn't make it true. <laughs> right. oh, I'm feeling like a need for some gander. Just... <laughs> <sighs> but okay. seriously, though, this guy, <laughs> this Kelly sympathizer. Yeah. I mean, they have uh, courts where you can go and get this sort of uh, correctional procedure done. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what I would do. If my name had Kelly in it anywhere, I would definitely go get it changed. I mean, from the first 20 seconds of the Orville episode one, where you see what she did to him, you mm-hmm. should go pause. I'll DVR this. I'm going to the court. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, thanks for the call, man. Do yeah. call again. Mm-hmm. Call again. Please do address us as Miranda and the crew. Please do tell us you love us. I feel like we've clearly established our expectations. <laughs> do, we, do we have any other shows that we think would be improved by adding the Orville and Scott Grimes? That's a dumb question, of course, like every show. Yeah, but- <laughs> sorry. Lost. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Buddy, you could improve the Bible if you had <laughs> the Orville to it, man. <laughs> And I love that shit. <laughs> I think Kelly's already in there uh, as freaking Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've been trying to think of the right person to compare her to. And man, <laughs> she oh. is Satan himself. <laughs> oh, man. That is good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, we've got one more voicemail this week. Um, like I said, keep calling in, Splat Job AI. Uh, and here we go. Here's this next one. Hi, um, this is Alex again. Um, I tried to call in last week, and you guys told me I, I did the phone call wrong. Um, apparently, I'm supposed to address it to Miranda and the crew, which doesn't make sense to me because, like, I think Greggy's the main one, right? So it should be Greggy and the crew. Uh, also, I'm supposed to say I love you guys, but that's weird because I don't, I don't even know you guys. Um, so, and I don't listen to your show. So, fuck you. Uh, yeah, thanks. Oh. oh. Somebody, hey, somebody needs a little game in dirt, you know? <laughs> yes, definitely. This guy, this guy is like... Two world, five markets. I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> oh, he's so far off. He's like a level negative infinity. Uh, he doesn't. He's in like the the basement. If you know what I mean, you know the basement I'm talking about. Oh yeah, hell. Oh, that basement. <laughs> yeah, Kelly's basement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was actually talking about the the Pizza Gate basement. Oh really? Uh-huh. The what is it? Cosmo Pizza Land or something? Oh, yeah. Act like you don't know. <laughs> uh, I swear I wasn't there, guys. What is it? Cosmo Papaya? Uh, uh, what what do they do? They meet Tuesdays at 630? Uh, well, I mean, what? Where they sell uh, apple pies? I don't know. <laughs> uh, like I'm not best friends with Hillary Clinton from... From the TV. Molesting kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks, Alex. D- was this Alex Arbor last week? Did we decide? Mm, I don't think. I don't know who else it would be. I thought it was before. It, but Alex Arbor it, is, is. Sorry, go ahead. I thought it was before, but this time he says fuck you to us, so I don't think it is. 
Yeah, Alex no. Rabber wouldn't do that to us. Mm-mm. This no. color was so mean. The broken are more evolved. So <laughs> like when He's... people call in and they do it wrong, I really, we're just like so kind to them and so understanding. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're just an idiot and you didn't know what you were supposed to do. But this guy just said like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do and I'm not going to do it. What a fucking asshole. Yeah, uh, sorry. I'm hereby instating a ban on Alex from calling. Unless he is nicer next time. Unless. Yeah, that's, that'd be okay. Then the ban will be. You can make uh, it up to us, but uh, other than that, this is a ban <laughs> lifetime. Oh, one second. Let me uh, get in my drawer here and get out my ban hammer. <laughs> oh. And uh, there we go. He's really got it, guys. It's official. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was voicemails this week. Um, Twitter. I think uh, they shut down Twitter this week. Uh, so, no <laughs> tweets. Um, the last segment we have is... That wasn't a band hammer. That was a drum roll because it's the Golden Ori. Ooh. Let's see if my telepathy works. <laughs> now, lots of great contenders this week. I feel bad for Kevin because he uh, watched a show he didn't have to. Um, Miranda did a great job writing a script and um, she stood up to our mean guest earlier. No, just kidding. He was, yeah. good. He was great. Uh, and then Tim... He wrote a really long script, and he, it was funny and good. And actually, I really liked in Tim's script where he said uh, that John R- Lamar has the uh, stage directions of delivering his lines woodenly. Oh, wait, no, that, that was, was Miranda. That was, that was Miranda. That was Miranda. Oh, yeah. never mind. Oh, Tim, you're out, I guess. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> wait, I, can, I can update my script right now. <laughs> no, I, I really did like that because it makes a lot of sense for why... Um, yeah. John Lamar acts the way he does in the show. It's, it's got to be in the script. Yeah, it's in the script. He's a really good actor. Tim's script did have a lot of stuff that I kind of is like a rallying cry for me and a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, and hey, our guest was also a really great guy. He did a great job. He kicked it off. With his script first. That was tough. I mean, he didn't know. You know, he was so good. And if guests were eligible for the Golden Ori, I think he would have a real chance. Right. But he, Yeah. And he's definitely not an Alara. If you, if, you know what I mean? He ain't afraid of the fire, of jumping into the fire. You know? <laughs> he was great. But he did say that thing that Tim was good at. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of fucked up. He, he showed, didn't Mark show me the, the proper respect. I, I don't know. I, get it. I yeah. think he showed the appropriate amount of respect. Like when you know a fact is true undeniably, sometimes you just want to say it. Mm, yeah, I want Like know. milk is white. What, you want me to be polite about that? Well, you know, sometimes people just want to be contrarians. Like when little kids are like, uh, milk is brown if it's chocolate milk. And you're like, okay, well, you know what kind of milk we're actually talking about here. <laughs> Well, if you actually look at milk before it's pasteurized, goes through that process, it actually has a lot of really bad stuff in it, guys. And if I can just preach to get everybody off dairy and get them on the lady, the red, the mushrooms. (laughs) Who are you preaching to, man? You're preaching to the choir here. I'm talking to the choir, but I'm also talking to the the congregation. (laughs) Mm. 
Congress. Congress, they need to get on this stuff. This country <laughs> oh would my be God. so yes. much better. Imagine. Oh. It actually gets something done for once, you know? Mm. It's all political, you know? Yeah. It's a freaking circus. I feel like uh, the only good thing about our president is that I think he might be growing some of those mushrooms in his hair. <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay, that's pretty funny. What makes you What makes you think that? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. I don't know. Guy's I, got red hair. Uh, you know what? He is pushing for one world, <laughs> one market. He's here to unite. All right. So, Golden Army. Um, <laughs> Tim gets it. I think it. we decided. No, I think we decided it was me. I'm pretty nah, sure. Nah, Tim gets it. It's no. oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, one second. I have my speech ready. Oh my god, he's been prepping okay. for this. Uh, no, speeches. no um, speeches. No, no, no. It's a really quick speech. Uh, okay, it's only going to take me about ten minutes. <laughs> Scene one: Interior, oh. the Orville Bridge. <laughs> All of our favorite characters are in their normal places and calm. A baseball game is on television. Okay. Okay. The most okay. popular. Oh, all right, no well, we'll I'll send you the audio clip after you can splice it in. Okay. Uh, so that's it, guys. One world, one market. Uh, remember to sign it up under us in DXN. Um, this is a great episode, guys. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Love you guys. One world. One market. One world. One, world. one market. One market. One market.